You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. Hello, welcome Megan to Be Well, Be Wild. Thanks for having me, Jenny. So happy that you're here. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on today was because you have inspired me with this making your mess your message. And I know this has been strong in your world with your clients and with you in general. Can you share what this means to you, making your mess your message? Yeah, let's see where to where to begin with it. I mean, it, it came from the aha when I started sharing about some messy things going on in my life. So high level, uh, my grandmother passed away. Her and I were very close. She had stage four breast cancer, kind of broke my world wide open and made me question everything I was doing in life as um, death can do. <laughs> and um, doing that on top of working a... Uh, demanding job and a number of things. At some point, I just couldn't muscle through anymore. And I went to writing as a way to process. And um, something inspired me to share that writing with people. And it had me, the the result of it was some some magic, which is where I got to connect with people in a way like I had never connected with people before. I read an article not too long ago that talked about the most uh, powerful word in the human language is same, you know, like sharing your, so from that sharing your mess, I got a lot of, Hey, same, Hey, me too. And it created a level of connection that, um, and I just didn't realize I needed at the time and going through grief and figuring out life, the connection became really, really vital. So, um, since then, that's kind of been my go-to is leading with, Hey, here's, here's the mess I'm working through. And here's what I'm learning about myself, or here's what's working. And, um, I've found that that makes me uh, a more reputable, uh, coach mentor resource for people, um, because I'm walking the walk and in doing so showing that I, you know, it's not just talk the talk it's, it's, it's both. So, um, yeah, for better, for worse, (laughs) I'm an open book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love this. And it's one of these things that I think it's crazy when you're talking about it. Cause like I'm sitting here thinking and I, you know, we've known each other for a while and I, it's to me, like that just seems so normal. Like it just seems so you that you share this. And, um, I can say from over here that I haven't been like that and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, 
you know, even though not not that like one's right or wrong, but it just seems like you said, it drives this connection. And I see that with other people, like when they're sharing their story and what they've been through, obviously from a a place that's from a healthy place, right? <laughs> there's, there's unhealthy versions of this too, right? But when they're sharing from a healthy p- place as you do, that it does drive that connection. And I like that that, you know, like that you said, it's like this word same, you know, is, is, you know, even though the, the, I feel like what I've noticed with this is that the stories can be so different yet the message is so relatable. And that's the thing that I think is very, um, opening because like, I think maybe some people wouldn't, including myself share their story or their mess because they don't think that people would be able to relate because perhaps they think it's so different or they think it's, you know, weird or whatever, right? They have judgments yeah. around it. But when you realize that the message around it um, is the thing that actually carries the power and drives the connection, right? But the story yeah. is just the way that we deliver the message. Yeah. Like, you know, the people I connected with didn't also have a grandmother who passed, you know, like it was, it was more so about just like having an aha around, oh, this, I don't think this is the life I want to live. I don't think these are the things that I'm meant to do. Um, holy crap. Like it's been what I've been working towards my whole life. How do I undo that and rebuild something else? And like, where did, where to begin? It was a lot of a, like a higher level, um, connection thread than the actual nitty gritty details content of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, I know that we can be taught to perhaps not teach, at least in the coaching world, to not talk about the content and the nitty gritty details. However, um, I would almost say that there's a healthy way to do it, right? Because you share some of the details and and that part, it's like it makes you seem more human because I think if you were just sharing the message yeah. and just skimming it past what actually was, you know, was uh, – you going know, on yeah, what was going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like then, then it would just kind of be, there would be a disconnection, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. like it's, it just, you know, not only makes you more reputable, but there's like, I don't even know if I would use the word reputable, but I, it's like, there's this authenticity and there's this like connection that is derived by you, you sharing what you've been through because people then have compassion or empathy, you know, through with mm-hmm. what you're sharing. And that in and of itself is like, oh my gosh, like, you know, she's been through some stuff and like, look at her. She's, she's doing okay. Like, you know, she's doing way better than okay. So like if, if that (laughs) happened, yeah, if that happened, like then, you know, like I can do it too, you know, and I think that it just drives that example. And it's not only does it drive the connection, because I think that this is the step that we, we take it a little bit further, which this is the part, this is the part that I'm, I'm starting to understand more now, which is like drives the connection, but then it also inspires people. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, it's like, cause we could talk about stories all day long. Right. And be like, me too. Same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sucked or whatever, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, but I think that the next level to that is like the inspiration that then comes from that, mm-hmm. like reminding mm-hmm. yourself of those messages when you are going something through that's something difficult and it it challenges you or reminds you of what you're capable of or this person was capable of that. So I can do this too. And yeah. 
that allows us to move us forward and breathes that message into you, which I think is the, the, I don't know, the, the, the important piece that I realized was happening to me from other Mm -hmm. people. And I don't know necessarily if I was necessarily doing that with other people, but, but regardless, like I was getting that, you know, and I think that that's that piece Mm -hmm. is really, I also think like there's another piece to it too, where, um, like allowing, it was, it was a gift to myself to allow myself to show up exactly as I was versus like, I needed to show up a certain way in certain spaces for certain people. So regardless of the inspiration that, that was transferred to others because of it, like, you know, it was like, sure, scary to, to put your mess on loudspeaker, but also the experience of like taking a full exhale for the first time and letting it all out. Um, like that release, that freedom, like here I am, this is me, <laughs> you know, um, that too is, a, was a gift in all of it. And it still is. And I have to remind myself of that when I'm like, Ooh, I want to keep this to myself. So what do you think has you keep something to yourself versus has you actually share something? Just being a human being. Um, really it's, it's, I mean, no matter how often I do it and I, and I definitely have gotten better at it over the years. I mean, it's a, it's a practice. Um, there's still this default way of responding, which is you can't say that you shouldn't say that people are going to judge you, which is really like a voice in my head, judging myself and putting the power on other people. Um, what, like you silly girl, when are you going to grow up? Like, oh my gosh, that happened again. Like, I mean, the list goes on of just all the, like the automatics that come in. And so, um, I've given, I've learned to give myself grace around that in that, um, okay, I've been doing this for a while. Maybe it, it shouldn't be so hard or something, or I shouldn't be judging myself, which is just more judgment. I'm judging the judgment. So that's a fun hamster wheel to get stuck in. Um, yeah, I'm a human being and I um, have a, a craving to belong in spaces and connect with people. And um, yeah, my default is to to be afraid of what people will think. So so if you know that that's your default to – because I feel like a lot of people listening, and I know I can relate to this, is like being afraid of what other people might think. If you were focused on, and I know you already do this, so like this is what I'm just curious about because I want people, I want to hear this one, but two, I'm sure other people want to hear this. So like, you know, if you know that that's your default and like you recognize that, like what is the thing that moves you out of it that has you share anyway? Oh, there's a number of things I tap into. Uh, I mean, the thing, the thing that I, that I always come back to is one, like whatever I'm holding in will have less power if I get it out. So whether it's, I call you or I journal it or something, or maybe say it to my dogs, but I know they're not really listening. So like (laughs) there's, there's something else for me to do, but getting it out. Can you say that again? I think that that was really important. Say it a little bit slower. Yeah. That part. That that part of like when you it has more power, yeah. When you, I when I hold it in, it has more power than when I let it out. Like it's literally just releasing it. Like there's something about holding it that feels like, I think it just adds to the the shame of it or the story of it or the significance mm-hmm. of it. And that um, like especially the longer you hold something, then it's like oh I haven't told them this long. Like now it's going to be this big thing, you know. 
just getting it out, it just, just, it, it just diminishes the power of it. Okay. That, yeah, that's really relatable. I use this example with my clients sometimes. And, and this is hopefully this is helpful, like this analogy of that. I wonder if this is what it's like. So like, let's say, you know, a kid, you know, just we'll imagine. So Megan has a son. We'll imagine Desmond is, is a couple years older and he is like, you know, talking and talking and running around. And he's saying, I mean, I know he's already saying a lot and running around, but you know, even more so. And he says, mom, there is a monster under my bed. And he's convinced that there's a monster under his bed. If you were like, no, there's not a monster under your bed. No, there's not a monster under your bed. Well, the only way, and I feel like this is what we do with ourselves is saying like, no, it's not there, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. this thing that we're holding on to, but we believe we know it's still there because it is there. But we try to tell ourselves like, nope, I'm over that. Nope, it's done. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's over. Right. We try to cover Put it more up. Stuff under a, the bed so we can't see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put a blanket over the thing. Well, that's like saying to Desmond, like, no, there or to any kid, no, there's not a monster under your bed. So the thing that we need to do in order to show that there's actually not a monster under your bed is to turn the lights on and to actually look. Yeah. And guess what? Right before you turn the lights on and you look under the bed, like that part is really scary because you're like, I don't know, what if it's actually there? And then I turn the <laughs> lights on and then, oh my gosh, it's going to be there. It's going to be big, mean and scary. And I think that that's exactly what the thing the thing happens. Like when perhaps we're leading up to tell the person the thing or to share the thing that like it then gets bigger and scarier and whatever. And then you turn the lights on yeah. and there's like nothing there. Yep. Yep. I notice that in my body when I'm at that point, it's, it's really cool. Cause now I, I, I know when I'm at a decision point to release something or, or lean into something or whatever, when my, like, I can feel it in my chest, my heart rate goes up. I feel like someone's sitting on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, I'm about to have a breakthrough moment. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it still feel this way? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really interesting thing, especially when we, you know, you brought up the word shame, right? And I think of shame as you know, as that monster of the thing that grows when it's not addressed and it at least grows in, the, in our mind, it becomes bigger and it feels heavier and scarier and more whatever and hairier. And I don't know, whatever, whatever things are scary and scary to you. Apparently hair. <laughs> yeah, hair. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like a big, ugly monster, you know, and and like that's the thing is like then it becomes like it's taking up so much space and that's that like burdensome energy, right? So like when you were talking about it having power when it's within, it's like it's because I think of it as like this thing growing inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I that, don't know. And I, that we're not only are is it growing and that takes energy, but we're actively trying to avoid it, which takes energy. Yeah. 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 So then it's like double time of trying to convince yourself, oh, the monster is not there. I'm going to act like it's not there, but it were, it's still you're, yeah, you're working double yeah. time in order to avoid it. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting thing. And, and something, you know, that I've been reminding myself a lot of lately, which is, which is similar to this is like their pain is inevitable, right? Like things are going to happen right? Like your grandmother, like people are people, like people are going to die around us that we love. There's going to be hard things that happen. Relationships are going to end. Jobs are going to get lost. The you world know. is going to have some mess. Yeah. Like, 
these things are going to happen. Like the pain of things is inevitable for any human. However, the thing that I keep on reminding myself of is that the suffering part is the optional part. Yeah. And so if we remind ourselves like pain is inevitable, like I'm going to, I'm going to experience this, but the suffering is optional. Then one of the things that I've been like thinking about is like, okay, how in my life can I speed up the pain and lengthen and expand the pleasure? Because I think so often we do the reverse. We like try to shorten the pleasure. You know, I mean, I know I do this. Like I was eating a chocolate chip cookie last night, a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie that was Mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just want to gobble it all up. And I was like, no, Something that I'm practicing is savoring, savoring, Mm -hmm. expanding these like pleasurable moments, these things. And it could be a glass of wine. It doesn't even have to be food related, y'all. Like it can be anything that I've been trying to. I was doing this with wedding planning because I was like, all of a sudden I was just realizing that I was like acting like this was like something that was like I was suffering through. And I was like, this is actually fun. Like, why can't it be fun? Mm -hmm. Um, I know this was something that a client recently said to me, like I just said to him, I'm like, what if you actually made the process fun? I remember because a coach said that to me at one point and it was so simple yet so effective. And I think that anyway, I don't want to get too off on a tangent here, but I think that what's important in terms of like that takeaway is that the if we allow the monster to grow, the shame to grow, that we're lengthening out the suffering, which means that we're limiting the the pleasure. And I also want to say to people, because I think this is very important, that I know it, or what I truly believe, not necessarily this doesn't have to be the truth, but I truly believe that, and I'm curious what you think about this too, Megan, is like what a lot of people will say, you just need to let it go, right? You just need to let it go. Like you just need to stop thinking about it. Stop, you know, talking about it. Stop whatever, right? Like just need to get over it. You just need to let it go. Like there's that. And we say those things to ourselves too. Like, why can't I just let this thing go? Something that I I want to say around that, and I think that there's unfortunately a culture around this that's just like, let it go. It's not that simple. Like just talking mm-hmm. about something sometimes can be really useful, like what you were saying. But I also think like when it comes to when it comes to this stuff is that like sometimes these things have us, right? Just like the kid believing that there's a monster under our bed. And when these things have you, knowing that you're not choosing to hold on to the thing, but it just feels like it grips you. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, what my experience was with grief. I don't know about yours, but it feels like things grip you. Like, of course, when you are going through grief, if you lose a loved one, that you don't want to feel sad and you don't want it to feel like it's ru- like ruling your world. Like, you want to feel like you can just move forward, right? Like, I know I did. I mean, people even look for processes for grief, right? It's like it's yeah. it's kind of comical. Speed it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you think about it. But it's like that's the part. It's like sometimes there are going to be things that grip you. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important when you think about like making your mess your message is that like allowing yourself to just be in that space and know that like sometimes when you're – when that thing has got you – that you're not doing anything to keep it. Like, I think that there's sometimes a little bit too much. There can be too much like hyper responsibility with this that like, I just want to let it go. What can I do to let it go? Like, I'm curious what you think about that when it comes to this whole idea of like making your mess your message and like, you know, 
that whole process. What what are your thoughts? I mean, I think I think we confuse let it go with shove it down. Like, you know, letting it go, it it, it can be um, misinterpreted to just like turn it off when we still actually haven't processed or owned it or, or allowed ourselves to be with it in a true effort to let it go, right? Um, and it's not even letting it go to like never think about it again. It's really just to like honor the experience you're having with whatever happened, like honoring what you need to feel to grieve, to process, to eventually maybe still see the silver lining or learn from it, but you know, not to step over the emotion, which a lot of us have trained ourselves to do or for whatever reason, whether it's we're busy and have a to-do list and who has time, or we grew up in a family where feelings weren't a thing to be felt like the list goes on, but yeah, it's not, we aren't the ones really in the driver's seat of the process. (laughs) Like we can do things to support ourselves to better. Like one of the things I do when I feel, um, a fear or a shame or something kind of inviting me to go down that, that spiral of like, just crapping on myself, you know, like that negative place. Um, you know, it feels like somebody's dragging me onto a ride that I don't want to ride. And so I'll, instead I'll call a friend and like envision I'm getting on a roller coaster, call a friend, we're getting in the front seat and I'm just going to scream and yell with my hands in the air for the duration of the ride. It might be five minutes. And after five minutes, I suddenly feel better, you know, but it's, it doesn't mean I've completely let go of it or, you know, I'm healed from it. It's just an opportunity to let myself feel. Yeah. And it, it, that helps the process. I think sometimes we think that if we allow ourselves to be with the mess of it, that we're actually taking steps backwards Mm. when I, we're not instead we've trained ourselves to not to not be with it and try to take steps forwards but we don't realize that we're carrying a bag full of rocks or whatever so we're like just trying to trudge along like that's not the experience I want to have I'd rather be a mess for a little bit and be able to take steps forward with a little less weight on my back yeah that's I think that that's gold there right because it's not it's you know with what you're saying I think that this is where it can be it can get really meta and it can get a little confusing yeah. <laughs> because when, you know, you even use like the the bag of rocks on your back, right? It's like, I don't want to carry that, right? Well, some of us, we just have that on it. Like the grief might feel like that. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're choosing to carry it. But I think the key in what you're saying and the difference, the difference here is that you're allowing yourself to just be in the mess of it. Like this feels really messy right now. Like, let me it let me it let let me it like let it feel messy right rather than it feeling rather than like thinking that you need to let go of something it's like actually just what your example of like calling a friend event about something it's like you're being in it right you're allowing yourself to what maybe it's like bitch about something or be frustrated Mm -hmm. about be angry about something be sad about something right I know that like when I was going through grief, when my father had passed, like that was something that like was so, uh, you know, I felt like I got really sad and then like I moved forward and and things were better. And then like, I just 
then I just felt like kind of burnt out. And I was like, what is this? This is so stupid. I'm like, I just want to be back to normal. Like when does, when does this process end? Uh Like, I mean, it sounds so rigid and whatever, but like, that's where I was at with it. It was almost like I was frustrated instead of just being like, well, I don't know, maybe I could get curious about what else is here. And I think like, that's the part where it's like that thing had me still. It had me still. So my work then was to get curious about it, to not, you know, try to quote unquote, let it go to just be like, you know what? Don't think about it anymore. Just move forward. Right. Like it's like I wasn't choosing to hold on to that. And that's where this distinction I think is really important. It's like the work a lot of times what I'm what I'm hearing with like making your mess your message is really and I mean, this is kind of my takeaway. I'm not saying that you know, it needs to be what you're saying, but it it really is part of this process of release and allowing yourself to um have you to feel like you have the thing rather than it having you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I chose to get on the roller coaster when I call a friend, you know, versus it's dragging me on it, and then I actually get to choose when that happens. I can do that in a safe space in my home. Versus like while I'm grocery shopping, shopping and picking out mayonnaise, like you know, it's a totally different experience, and the one I prefer to the other. I mean, I and that's 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 huge, right? Because it's like it's, instead of you, you know, instead of you being a mess in the grocery store, right? Which I mean, hey, you know, if you need to be a mess when you're picking out your mayonnaise, that's fine too. But I think like looking at that whole situation is that we're able to then make empowered decisions around when we want to move forward with something or when we want to be in something versus what I often use is like this, it coming out sideways Mm -hmm. versus coming out sideways the way that you don't want it to come out, which often it's like when we don't do, when we don't, you know, making your mess, your message is just one way of doing this, right? We could probably do it in so many different ways, just like shining the light on what's underneath the bed or you know, uh, doing breath work or, mm-hmm. you know, we do different tools and coaching and this sort of thing. But I think like there's all these different ways to do it, but there's just so many op- opportunities for us to see through the, like see through the other side, but not have yourself be um, wrong for how yeah. you're doing. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. There's a way to be in charge of it. There's a way to choose it and none of it has to, it, it helps, it helps break up with that story that I'm weak. I shouldn't, why am I still feeling this way? Like ugh, another meltdown, like no, choose it, choose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, I'm curious for you, what is your, what do you feel like your message is right now in terms of a mess that you're in? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, What's the message inside the mess? I think for me, I've got some content. (laughs) I've got some stuff in my space that I could sit on and use as evidence of, gosh, a big picture of like why I'm not enough of something. I'm a single mom, like I'm, you know, feels like I'm always looking to reach the next level in my business, two steps forwards, one step back, default to look for what's going wrong versus what's going well. Um, There's probably 17 more things 
And the thing I'm, I'm breaking up is the story. Like I I've, I've always pictured this like elevated version of myself or this higher, higher level version of myself as like this thing way up here. Like I'm, so I'm holding my hand above my head now for my, our people listening. And what I've realized, or the thing I'm working on is actually just like owning all of it as, um, stuff that's happened or is happening, but doesn't mean anything about me in a negative sense when I can just accept it, not settle for it, like, oh, this is me, but just accept it. Like, oh yeah, that's part of my story and take the, the significance and the power out of it and the drama. Like my, my default is to create lots of drama <laughs> around what's going on. Then I actually realize, like, oh, that elevated version of me, that more powerful version of me, it's, it's right here. I just have to choose it. It's not like five years from now, like we all, what's your five-year plan? Like it always feels I was like, it's way up there. No, it's actually right here. So there's a, the message I'm getting is around acceptance and is around like, I am enough right now in this moment. There's nothing more I need to do, achieve, whatever. I just have to choose. It's beautiful. It's lighter. It's a lot lighter and like, oh, huh. Versus, oh yes, I finally did it. Like, it's just like, oh, there it is. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably can resonate with a lot of people. I know that resonates with me. It's like, it's right here, right? Like any, anything that you are striving to be is already who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, it's more so all the story and the training and the, the, the stuff, the, the Mm -hmm. mess, right. (laughs) That you're more present to. So it feels like it's really far away. You know, there was something that I was recently listening to and they they described this as just like what our mind does and our mind typically it's like it's like a well and a well like all of the gross stuff will go to the top of the well and all the good stuff's at the bottom. Well, if you just looked at the well and you you just look down and then you're like, oh, there's a bunch of gross stuff in there. And that's a lot of times how we're living our life is like, oh, there's a bunch of gross stuff here and negative stuff. And like because all the stuff that's at the top of our mind, unfortunately, is or maybe fortunately, I don't know, right? <laughs> but yeah. is is messy and dirty or not or negative or things that you don't want because that's just what goes to the top. So it's like if we accept that, that like, okay, that's what goes to the top, but then there's all this good stuff at the bottom. And how can I get through? And we can go back to like pain is inevitable. That's the pain. The suffering is optional. I could stay just hanging out at the top of the well. Or I could go and get all that yummy stuff at the bottom. It is right there. And like with your example of, you know, where where you're, you know, you've always imagined yourself being far, you know, it, this version of yourself, like being up here or above your head or like on a pedestal, like it's out of reach, right? It's like, yes. no, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's out of reach because you're focusing on the stuff that you're, that's just in your space right in the moment, but there's all this mm-hmm. goodness right there. It's right here. Mm-hmm. It's just, we got to reach for it, look for it, like embrace it and and actually be with it, right? Yeah. I love that message. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> a good one, Megan. That's really great. Thanks. <laughs> so we're going to have to record another episode because I kind of want to share some things around my, my message and my mess. Okay. You heard it here. 
<laughs> All right. I, I won't let you wait. forget you said that. <laughs> well, Megan, um, share share with people where they can find you and also um this little thing that you did uh of writing a book. Talk about talk about that for a moment, actually. You're such a great friend. Um, well, yeah, I mean, writing the book. Okay, so um you can find me at dearstrongwoman.com. That's my website. That was the original name of the blog I started where I shared all of the lessons I'd learned, uh, was learning as I processed, you know, grief from my grandmother passing. Um, and it's evolved and now it's a bigger, a bigger thing. Um, the blog's on there too. Um, this little thing I did, thanks for that, Jenny. This book I wrote is a culmination of some of those lessons that I was sharing on the blog. Um, and I, I do like what I talked about here. I, I share um, some steps for people who feel like, uh, you know, they it's time to, to reinvent, recreate, and they want to come back to a place of, you know, things just don't feel, feel aligned. Things feel off. Maybe they've checked all the boxes and still feel like something's missing. So how do you, what do you do once you realize that? Do you just continue moving along um, with that list of shoulds or do you you know, recreate. And so I talk about how I recreated my life and I give some practical steps, you know, cause we all like something that's clear and, and makes sense. Um, but I share about my mess and what I learned as a way to model that and educate and, um, and inspire if it should inspire, or at least intrigue or help you have people question like, Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, the book's called you make the rules. Um, you can also find that on my website. It's it's also on Amazon. Just search Megan Lucas, you make the rules. Um, my website has links to YouTube, Instagram, my email, all the places you can find me. So dearstrongwoman.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think like this is so cool because you truly made your mess your message. Cause I'm sure that, you know, writing a book and going through that process was I would, I could imagine that it probably felt a little messy. Was it? About two days before the book came out, I, I remember I, I texted you and a couple other friends and I went, oh my God, I think my family's going to read this book. What have I done? And it was a real moment of um, panic. And uh, I got on the roller coaster with a few of my trusted, trusted people. Yeah. Or you turn on the lights to look under the bed at the monster, right? You were it was just a like- a real hairy monster. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, such an amazing thing to do, to write a book, to share your story about stuff. And like, I know that like, this is something that a lot of people want to do. So maybe we should have you back on to talk about that whole process as well. Cause I know there's a lot of people that sure. Yeah. You know, have thought about writing a book, but you know, they feel like, oh, I will one day, but you know, whatever, you know, I think talking through that process would probably be useful for people. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I don't want to call it your mess because I feel like it's, you know, it's not your mess, but to dump out your bag here with us and to share your things. Um, Mm -hmm. You are a dear Mm -hmm. friend, but also you inspire me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at Wildwolf or visiting the website at wildwolf.com. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.